Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And just like you're going to read here with Nicodemus, here's what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. You better listen to that guy in the blue shirt. Because he's not speaking his words. He's speaking mine. And the Holy Spirit's saying to you, you tired of religion? You tired of going around and playing at life? Are you tired of the dead ends? Well, I've come to convict you of your sin so that you can accept Jesus Christ. See, before the Holy Spirit can come in us, he comes alongside of us. There are many people who think they have a relationship with God who don't know Him at all. They think that because they were raised a certain way or attend a certain church that they're all good with God. Pastor Mark will be teaching today that this is totally not the case. You'll hear about Jesus' encounter with a man who had thought he was at the pinnacle of Jewish belief, although he didn't understand why he was drawn to Jesus' teachings. You'll hear how Jesus brought this man into a true relationship with God and how he can do the same for unbelievers that you might know. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 19 as he begins his message, Under His Influence, the Holy Spirit. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 19. And we're getting ready to teach something that will change your life if you'll make common sense of it as we go through. How many remember the Lone Ranger and Tonto? Anybody remember Lone Ranger and Tonto? Good. Again, if you need a Bible, just keep your hands up. Acts chapter 19. Well, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were riding through one of the many canyons. When suddenly rising up from the hill on their right, they see hundreds of Indians. Well, they start to move their horses forward when they realize that they can't go forward because there's now hundreds of Indians in front of them. They decide to retrace and go back, but they turn their horses back and there's hundreds of Indians Them, All of a sudden, they realize they're surrounded and trapped. Well, the Lone Ranger turns to Tonto and his lifelong friend, and he says, Tonto, my friend, I think I must say that I have treasured our, our times together. You've stuck with me through thick and thin, but this is our end. We're doomed. We are going to die. Tonto replied, we? What do you mean, we, pale face? Well, like this joke, we're often surrounded every day on all sides by difficult situations. We don't know which way to turn. 
But God didn't make you. And he didn't make me a lone ranger. Every one of you were created by God to know him. This all-knowing, all-powerful, nothing is impossible God wants to have a relationship with you. And God wants us to know him and trust him. And unlike Tonto, God promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. Now we're in this series on being under the influence of God the Father, God the Son, and obviously, specifically in the New Testament, God the Holy Spirit. Under the influence means this, to have an effect upon, to shape, and to regulate. So if we are under the influence of God, the Holy Spirit, there will be a difference in our life. It will have an effect on us. It will shape us. It will regulate how we do life. Now you've turned to Acts chapter 19. Look at verse 1. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and he arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples and he asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And look at this answer. These believers, they answered, Well, no, we haven't even heard that there is. A Holy Spirit. Now, we know today that most unbelievers, people that are not church people, they would basically say exactly the same statement right there. If we would say to them, do you know anything about the Holy Spirit? Few of them would hurt if they have a little bit of a religious background. Oh yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We've heard that name, but they know nothing about the Holy Spirit. But here's the sad thing. I believe today in most of our churches, and sadly, even in this campus, if I would have you sit down today and give me a list of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in your life, or let me preface that by saying what he wants to do in your life, most of you would be clueless. The answer would almost be the same as we hear here. Well, let me ask you, without you responding, what do you know about the third person of the Trinity? God, the Holy Spirit. Now, we know this fact. Our behavior is based basically on what we believe. What we think determines how we feel And of course, then that's how we act. As a man or woman thinks in his heart, so they are, so they act. First thing to write down today is the huge reason we teach the Word of God. Understand what this says. Correct living is rooted in correct belief. So if you and I notice, well, we really know very little about the Holy Spirit, then our living isn't going to be right. We will not understand what God wants to do in our life. Why? Because we're pretty clueless about God, the Holy Spirit. So today we want to learn two things. 
about the person of the Holy Spirit, and second, what the Holy Spirit, the works that he wants to do in our lives. Now, to know a person, then we can trust the person, and we can trust the Holy Spirit with our lives. You'll see how that works. Would you turn to John chapter 14? And we're going to be in a lot of different places. John chapter 14. When Jesus was on the earth, first thing he did, he went and he said to people, come and follow me. The disciples did that. They began walking with Jesus for a little over three years. What did Jesus do with these Christ followers? Well, he did these things. He guided them, he taught them, he discipled them, he comforted them, he challenged them to have faith, he convicted them of their wrong thinking and actions. He prayed for them, Jesus did. Jesus showed them how to deal with people, doubters and skeptics and truth seekers. Most of all, Jesus showed these Christ followers how to be right with God, how to have eternal life. And then one day, Jesus says to these disciples, Something very shocking. I'm leaving. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to die for the sins of the world. I'll be resurrected. And in a few days after that, I'm going back to heaven. Well, this left the disciples shocked. The Christ followers go, wait a minute. We didn't take one step basically in the last three years without following Jesus. Well, if he leaves, what are we going to do? And we pick it up right here in John 14. Look at verse 16. Jesus says this, I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor. That word another in the original language is alos, which means this, another of the very same kind. To be with you forever. And who is that? It's the spirit of truth. Now the world can't accept him, the Holy Spirit, because it neither sees him nor knows him because they're not on a spiritual understanding. But he says to his disciples, you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. So now we bring the Holy Spirit in here. And the Holy Spirit... Let's see if you get it. The Holy Spirit is going to take whose place? Jesus. So you'll see that in a moment. Jesus is going to go out of the picture and the Holy Spirit is going to come. Now, the Holy Spirit is one of the very same kind. So that means you want to write this today. The Holy Spirit is not a force. May the force be with you. It's not a force. He's an actual person. He's a third person in the Trinity. So it says this. The Holy Spirit is a person... We can relate to, we can commune with, and we can know personally. See, for three years, the disciples knew Jesus. They related to Jesus. They communed. They talked with him back and forth. There was an ongoing relationship. When Jesus leaves, it's no different. The Holy Spirit is a person. And that's how it's going to work. Now, notice that he says in that verse that the Holy Spirit would be with them. He is with them. We'll talk more about that in a moment. He's convicting them that what Jesus is saying is correct. Now, what is happening is simply discovered in the next place I want you to turn to. John 20, John 20, you're not far, six chapters away. John 20, verse 21. 
Now, in your Bible, if you write in your Bible, you want to write on this page, right by this verse, after the resurrection. After the resurrection. It's very important. You understand the timing of this. So Jesus meets with his disciples. He's in his glorified body. And he says this. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. That's that great commission we'll talk about later. And with that, Jesus breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So let's just take a look at here. What does Jesus do? He says, I'm going to send you. I'm talking to the Christ followers. I'm going to change your life. But before I do that, he goes, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, what happened at that moment? That was the disciples after the cross salvation experience. In the New Testament term, just like us, they received the Holy Spirit. Now, you're going to see in about 40 days or so, a little less than that, Jesus kind of moves out of the way, but we're going to move him out of the way right now. Okay? So at that moment, what happened to the Holy Spirit with the Christ followers? What's it say? Receive the Holy Spirit. And what did we learn in the verse we just read? He will be with you, but he will be in you. So if you're a Christian, where does God, the Holy Spirit, live? Come on, here we go. He lives. He lives in here. That's God that lives in you. Should that change you? That was a lot weaker than the first he lives in there. Because whose influence is he under now? See, he was under whose influence? Jesus. Now he's under the Holy Spirit's influence. That person, the third person of the Trinity, is the one that has come in to save us and live on us and change us. This is what happens to every single person when they ask Jesus Christ to come in their house. The Holy Spirit saves us. That's regeneration. And then he comes to live in us. The reason he came to live in us is two things. We'll talk mostly about the first one today. He came to change us. And second, he came to work through us to change the world. That's the whole goal. That's what's going to happen. Now, let me just read to you. Actually, you can turn, if you will, to John chapter 3. You're close by. Let's look how this worked with a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus was a religious ruler. He was brilliantly religious, but he was empty. And he came to Jesus, and he basically said to Jesus, what's up with this thing? All these people are following you. What do you have that I don't have? Remember, we said that the Holy Spirit is first with us, alongside of us. Who brought Nicodemus to ask Jesus about eternal life? The Holy Spirit did. See, we can't come to God. We can't come to Christianity. We can't make a decision for Christ. The Bible says, unless the Spirit draws us. So in this room right now, if you're not yet a believer, the Holy Spirit is not in you, but he's alongside you. And just like you're going to read here with Nicodemus, here's what the Holy Spirit's saying to you. You better listen to that guy in the blue shirt. Because he's not speaking his words. He's speaking mine. And the Holy Spirit's saying to you, you tired of religion? 
You tired of going around and playing at life? Are you tired of the dead ends? Well, I've come to convict you of your sin so that you can accept Jesus Christ. See, before the Holy Spirit can come in us, he comes alongside of us. And that's exactly what happens to Nicodemus. So Nicodemus is saying to Jesus, how does this work and whatever? Notice what Jesus said in verse 5. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God. No one can go to heaven unless he's born of the water, physical birth, and born of the Spirit. Verse 6, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. So he's telling us, you can't go to heaven unless there's a change, unless the Holy Spirit lives in you. So when a person repents and they believe on Jesus, the Holy Spirit immediately goes inside of them to dwell in them forever. Now, let me show you how that works. There's a part of this we understand and there's a part of this we really don't understand. Don't you realize that your body, talking to Christians, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. In other words, it's a gift. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us as a gift. But here's the part we don't usually understand. You do not belong to yourself. Well, wait a minute, Pastor Mark. What are you talking about? Let's take me before I became a Christian. Whose influence I'm under before I became a Christian? Satan's influence. And really, my old sin nature. My sin nature ruled me. I made decisions. Now, I, in my wildest imagination, most of you, when you came to Christ, you never realized that Satan was the controlling force in your life. But see, there's only two kingdoms. Either God's ruling you or Satan's ruling You're either under the influence of Satan or you're under the influence of God. And if I'm under the influence of Satan, that's really me. So I've been kind of doing my thing, my own life. Remember we talked about sin, I in the middle, me. Well, when I come to Christ, I leave that behind. And now I come under a different influence. Whose influence is that? The Spirit's influence. So now I'm living under the Spirit. And notice that verse says, you are not your own. You can't do your thing now. You're going to do God's thing. That's a change. And that's simply what it means. So that's an exciting thing for all of us. At the moment of salvation, God comes into our life to direct us. We're no longer doing our thing. We're doing his thing. And that's where the excitement comes. I showed you my iPhone And we talked about all the neat things that are happening, that you can get that iPhone now and you can watch our services live. Many of you are doing that all over the world, wherever you are, sitting in the Starbucks or whatever. Well, one of the applications, and there's 35,000 of these applications. Let me show you one that's on an iPhone. Lynn and I actually use that on vacation. There's many like this. Yelp is another one. The Urban Spoon is another one. This is called Around Me. So we're driving, and let's just pick a state, North Carolina. We're driving to North Carolina. We're kind of getting hungry, and we're getting near a town up the way. We don't know where to go. So right in the car, I just bring this up, and I can see what the weather is right now. I can go to USA Today, do all kinds of stuff. I can see if there's a bank nearby. If I just want coffee, where that is. How about a restaurant, gas station, hospitals? If it's at night, is there a hotel nearby? So let's just say I'm hungry. I can pop on restaurants, and it'll say, Do you want to find restaurants right where you're near or are you looking for something tonight? No, right where I'm near. And so I push on it. And it rips out instantly a list, all these restaurants within like five miles of where I am. And it doesn't only do that. 
It lists them by category. And then it says, this is a four-star one. People really like this one. And I can read what people read about the restaurant. And here's how expensive it is. And here's what they serve. Well, let's say I picked the one, Joe's Hamburger Place. Best hamburgers, full of grease in the world. I really wanted a hamburger. So I push on Joe's Hamburger Place. The next screen that comes up shows me where I'm at with a GPS system. And it gives me exact directions how to get to Joe's Hamburger Place. Step by step. That's amazing, isn't it? All over the world instantly. Well, I was thinking the other morning, God woke me up early. There's got to be a spiritual application to that somewhere. So I called Brett and got our team together that's very creative. This is called the Holy Spirit in me. When the Holy Spirit comes in me, what does he want to do in my life? He wants to assure me. He wants to teach me. He wants to remind me. He wants to enlighten me, comfort me, guide me, help me pray. And he wants to empower me. Look at all those icons. They fit perfectly. That's what we're going to learn today. And by the way, I don't have to wonder where the Holy Spirit is because he's where? He's in me. A guy came at the service. He says, I really like that. Can I actually develop an application for you for the iPhone and we'll just put it out there for free all over the world? Hallelujah. It's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see what happens. All right. Now, so we're going to learn today how this works in your life, in my life. Now, first thing you have to understand is this. When I punch restaurant in and it said Joe's Hamburger Place and it gave me the directions, that's a machine. That's a computer. I trusted it. I'm going to take that directions. When I asked the Holy Spirit one of these things, he's not a machine. He's God. And like I trust my GPS, I must learn to trust the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, the only way you can do that is to have relationship with him. See, you don't trust somebody unless you get to really know them. And most Christians today are clueless that the Holy Spirit lives inside them. They don't know why he's there. He came at salvation. Everybody that's a Christian has to have the Holy Spirit. But what in the world is he doing there? And we don't understand how he talks to us, how he impresses things in our life. So we're going to learn that today. So once I trust the Holy Spirit, I'll see all these abilities of God that he wants to do in my life. Now, remember, he's not an application on my iPhone. He's a person that's living in my heart. In fact, he's more than a person. He's God, the Holy Spirit. Well, let's take these eight and unwrap them. Number one, turning your Bibles, if you will, to 1 John chapter 5, right near the back of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5, almost to the book of Revelation. And the first thing you want to write today, when the Holy Spirit lives in me, he wants to assure me. So he assures me. Today you learned some about the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the Christ follower. In Pastor Mark's teaching, you were made aware that the Holy Spirit is the one who confirms that you're saved. You learn that when you're a Christian, that Satan's going to try to weaken your hold on Jesus. You found out that without God's Spirit, you will lose the battle with the other side. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. 
subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching under his influence, the Holy Spirit. He'll go on with his explanation of the Holy Spirit's responsibilities in your life. You'll also learn the place your brain plays in your Christian walk. Pastor Mark will tell you about the danger of self-deception in your belief system and how to be more consistent in your living as a Christ follower. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.